Praise God. Praise God. Um, excuse me. As always, when I'm preparing and praying about these messages during the week, and basically asking the Lord, what would you have me to share this week? One of the things that was quickened to my spirit was a trip that I took a few years back and the conversation that the Lord and I had on this trip. And basically, I was in California on a speaking engagement. I was returning to New York. And as we were coming in, uh, it was raining, and, and then the closer we got to New York, it started thundering and started lightning. And I was coming into a, a little airport on Long Island named MacArthur Airport. And as we were coming in, the plane, I noticed the plane just kept, kind of felt like it was just never landing. You know, and I'm wondering what is indeed going on. The trip had been uneventful, but I was pretty tired and I was just really anxious to, anxious to get home. It was raining so badly I could not see the lights below and everything. And then uh, about, after about 45 minutes, uh, you could see all the lightning that was going on around you. And then the captain made an announcement that we were going to be circling the airport for a while because we could not come in for a landing. We had to wait our turn. Now, in MacArthur Airport, that part of Long Island, um, there is a, a restriction on noise, so therefore the airport closes at around 11 o'clock. And I know from experience that if they can't land the planes by 11 so they can close the little airport down, all flights coming into New York are diverted to Boston. I did not want to go to Boston. This meant, and it was a weekend, this meant being stranded in Boston possibly till Monday even, and I didn't want to do that. So here we are over the airport. And we're flying around, flying around, and we had nothing that we could do. Nothing you could do but wait. In other words, we were going to stay aloft in that plane. We were going to be circling as long as the pilot had to keep us up there. I didn't even start thinking about gasoline and everything at that point. I didn't totally start panicking, but I wanted to get home. So as we were going around it, the distinct possibility came to mind, well, gee, was if I do wind up going up to Boston, then how am I going to get in communication? And so we did not have cell phones, by the way. And uh, how am I going to get in touch and get in touch with my wife to let them know that I, to tell the kids that I'll be late? What was, what was kind of, I was wrestling with was that this huge air aircraft, was a DC-10, had been flying all of this distance had defied gravity all the way from California, nonstop, had nonstop flight then, okay, had gone through all of the storm, yet still I could not get down on the ground. I could not, I did not have the ability to come in for a landing. There were obstacles or conditions that were standing in the way that were preventing me from moving forward in my mission to get home, so to speak, and for this airplane's mission to make it safely into the airport. The aircraft and the pilot at this particular point in time had no control over that aircraft's destiny. They didn't have any control over making that airplane land. All they could do was simply circle the airport, circle the airport, circle the airport, and wait until they were given some instructions. And at this point, I started getting more annoyed. I wanted to get home, and I just couldn't get there. I was so near, yet so far. MacArthur Airport was about 20 minutes from my home, and I knew that if I could just get on the ground, gee whiz, it would take me no time. But here I am, I don't know what, 30,000 feet in the air or whatever, and so I might as well have been a, a lifetime away. I almost wanted to go back to California. I almost wanted that airplane just turn around, take me back to California, let me start all over again. I'll get an Amtrak ticket. I'll spend three days on the train. You know, but let me go back to California. 
I didn't want to go through and wait for whatever was going to have to happen. So at this point in time, I just felt like, okay, Lord, there's something that's got to give here. You know, how can I, I, one thing I don't like feeling is totally out of control in my life, you know. You know, I always know that if I can't take care of something, there's something God can do. And so as I'm praying through this thing up there, God said, you feel like you want to go back, huh? And he said, does that sound familiar to you? So with that, I'm saying to you, does that sound familiar? Let's go to the book of Exodus. Let's go to the book of Exodus. Exodus uh, 16. Here I am up there and I'm just saying like, oh boy, oh boy. Just let me just go on back. Okay, Exodus 16, starting at verse number 1. Okay, Exodus 16, starting at verse, verse number 1. I wanted to go back. Lord, let this day just start all over again. You know, this is ridiculous. You know, I'll take the train back. Starting Exodus 16, verse number 1. And they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. This is when they were leaving Egypt, when Pharaoh finally decided to let them go from Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full, nor nor ye have um, for ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, and I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. So here you see in verse number 3 it says, And children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full. So here they're saying, Lord, I'm tired of this thing. Let me go back to Egypt. That's kind of like what I was feeling on that airplane. I couldn't go forward. I was feeling very, very frustrated. Let me go back to California and start all over again. See, and the same thing with these people here. All right, Because things were not going their way, they could not see, they did not want to take God um, by faith in what he was, he was lining up for them, what he had in store for them. They wanted to go back to the old way. Well, many times in our lives when things start going awry, when the goings get to, get, gets tough, the devil will whisper in your ear, you see? Here you are, supposedly this Christian, but look what's going on in your life. You have all of these troubles, all of these things. You know, wasn't it easier for you before you became the so-called Christian? Wasn't it easier for you with the old life that you were leading? Okay? And so many times the temptation will come to you to go back to the old ways. But as God said there in verse number 4, Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. 
And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in. And it shall be twice as much as they gather, as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel, At even when you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning then you shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he hears your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that you murmur against us? And what are we that you murmur against us? So in the first place, when we start complaining about life, when we start complaining that we're not getting to where we think we need to be, and we think that God is not acting in our favor, God knows your heart. God knows that you're, quote-unquote, that you're murmuring against Him. Amen? And so how much faith are you demonstrating, um, you, know, you know, that you shouldn't be doing this? How much faith are you demonstrating that you have in God? And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, for that the Lord hears your murmurings, which you murmur against Him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Okay? Okay? So here these people were complaining, but it really wasn't Moses that they were complaining about. They're really complaining about God because Moses was simply carrying out God's wishes. At this point, back on the plane now, the Lord had quickened to my spirit that the holding pattern that I was in, okay, along with the aircraft, of course, the holding pattern that I was experiencing was comparable or comparable to the holding patterns that we as Christians often experience in our lives, okay? Many times in our lives we're in a holding pattern. How many have been to a place where you feel like you're not making any progress? Right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. You're not going forward, you're not going backwards really, but it's just that you're not making any progress, okay? So the Lord showed me that in this airplane here, while it's circling like that, He says, my son, many times in life you can be in a holding pattern. Sometimes we get to the point where our lives, where there seems to be no forward progress, we seem to be at a standstill in our Christian walk with the Lord. No matter how hard we try, we can't move out of our current station in life, you see? And the, the operative word there is we, no matter how hard we, tr- we try, you know? You've been in a holding pattern and then you start all of a sudden and you start, well, maybe if I do this, maybe if I do that, and you're kind of circling around. And when you've been in that holding pattern, if, if, if you stop and think about it, when you felt that your life wasn't moving forward, you kind of were almost just circling around, circling around. Everything that you thought of, you thought about, maybe I can do this, maybe I can do that to get myself out of the situation, nothing ever happened. You're kind of just circling. You can't move forward and you can't go backwards, okay? Going backward for a Christian means to be returning to the ways of the world. And we obviously do not wish to do that. Okay? No matter how much of a holding pattern that I'm in, I never want to give up my Christianity, you know, or, or, or renounce my Lord Jesus for sure. But it can be frustrating when you're not making any forward progress. We seem to be doing all of the right things when, you, when you're in that point. You know, you're tithing in church, you're fellowshipping in church, you're praying, you're, you're reading the word regularly, you know. And I won't ask a show of hands, but... But how many are, have committed themselves to doing that one minute of prayer at 6 o'clock we talked about last week? Amen? Amen? And, and just to sidetrack a little bit, the other reason where, where I mentioned that and the Holy Spirit put that on my spirit was that one minute of prayer at 6 o'clock, one minute out of your life, also teaches, teaches discipline. 
All right. If you can remember every day, I set my my uh, my phone. You know, where the little alarm pops up, ten minutes to six, prayer time coming up. Then at six o'clock, my wife and I sit down and we whatever we're doing, we just pray for one minute, one minute of time to give it to God, and be in unity with the millions of people around the world who are praying. It teaches discipline. Okay. All right. But so many, you know, you can be doing all of these things, praying regularly. You can be reading the Word of God re- regularly. You know, as appropriate. You can be a, a Sunday school teacher. You can be doing this. You can be doing that. You're so active, you know, being in committees on church, but yet still you can't seem to get that forward momentum in your life, no matter what you try to do, alright, it seems that you're in a spiritual holding pattern alright, the Holy Spirit showed me that there are two types of spiritual holding patterns that we may experience as Christians alright, two types of holding patterns that we can experience as Christians there could be a holding pattern in our lives because of something that we are or are not doing, and there could be a holding pattern that is being imposed by God himself. Okay? If you feel like you're in a holding pattern, you're not making any forward motion, amen, it could be as a result of something that you are doing or something that you are not doing, amen, or something that God has imposed upon you for some reason. All right? Now, the things that we could or could not be doing are things that we, we know what we should be doing, Maybe the Lord has called us to do something. Maybe the Lord has told us to talk to someone. Maybe the Lord has told us to speak about a particular thing or to take care of a certain matter. And you're simply just not doing it for your own feelings of, of, of insecurity and because you think that you can't do it yourself. That could be one reason, all right? The other thing is could be something that you are doing where God wants you to stop doing, okay? And because of the fact that you're doing this thing and God wants you to stop, it's got you in this holding pattern. It's got you in this holding pattern, you know? And when I think about myself in that airplane, you know, it's like the captain's flying that plane. He's looking down and looking at his, um, his gauges and so forth and talking on the radio, you know, and there's the tower still telling him, no, you can't come down. You can't come down. And the captain is saying, okay, gee whiz, what can I do? What can I do? When you're in a spiritual holding pattern, it's the same thing. Right? So you need to ask yourself, okay, or ask the Lord, okay, what's going on? What is the case? Is there something I should be doing that I'm not? Or is there something that I did that I shouldn't be doing? Or if you have imposed this holding pattern on me, then why is it? Before we can get out of either holding pattern, we must ask ourselves one very critical question. And that is, do I really want to get out of this holding pattern? Okay? Believe it or not, in speaking to many Christians over many years who, who have, have, have spoken to me about things not happening in their lives or things happening in their lives... When you, you, you prayerfully tell them, you know, and you've consulted with Holy Spirit yourself that you need to make a change about something or there's something you should do or something you should not do, they don't really, really, really want to do it. Amen? So if God was to tell you, crystal clear, this is what I need you to do or this is what I need you to stop doing, how many of us as Christians really, really want to get out of this holding pattern? Okay? Believe it or not, there are some people that, that don't mind being in a holding pattern. Okay? Back to the airplane and whatnot, you know. Suppose that I was dreading uh, coming down to the ground, you know, that there was a, a army of police that were waiting for me to arrest me or something like that. Maybe I'd be pretty comfortable in staying in that holding pattern, all right? Because as long as I'm circling the airport like that, they're not going to bother me, you know? So how many of us in life, if you're in a holding pattern, how many times do we really, really want to get out of the holding pattern, okay? Getting out of the holding pattern, sometimes the devil may make you feel there's more responsibility. 
Maybe there's some responsibility you don't want to take. Maybe there's, you're worried about a confrontation with a person, with a loved one, where there's something that needs to be said and you're simply not saying it. There's something that needs to be done and you're simply not saying it. But yet still in your life and maybe the other person's life, you're in a holding pattern because things are not getting any better for you. Things aren't getting any better for the other person. So here you are just circling the airport, so to speak, circling the airport, okay, where you feel like things are just out of your control, you see? So the first thing you've got to get deep down in your spirit, in your heart, is do I want to get out of this holding pattern? Do I really, really, really want to move forward, you know? I've been at this job for... 15 years now, you know, and it's comfortable, you know, the pay is decent, and I've got no complaints and everything like that, you know. But with circumstances around you, maybe you feel like you do, you need to advance, you need to move up, but yet still, you, you really, 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 you're kind of comfortable in that job, you're comfortable in that house. Amen? Amen? And even even looking for a house, it's it's it's, it's a job. <laughs> it's a job. You know, you're speaking from experience, okay? But maybe sometimes you got to ask yourself: Do I really want to get out of this holding pattern? Do I want to continue staying where I am? Do I really want to move forward? Okay, back to the airplane. Do I really want this airplane to land so I can go home? Do I really, really want it? God knows I wanted to get home. Amen. Amen. We know that the Apostle Paul spoke of carnally minded Christians. Sometimes we are in a holding pattern because we have not really made up our minds to move forward in serving the Lord because that might mean abandoning the current comfort zones in our lives, okay? Not even spiritually, all right? We all, or we should be all, going to church not only because we're supposed to go to church, but we go to church because we want to hear the word of God. We want to be touched and moved by Holy Spirit, and we want to grow in the Lord. Okay? I think many times we as Christians lose sight of the fact that beyond simply going to church for the sake of going to church, if that's all that you're doing, you're missing such a wonderful, beautiful life with God. Because in going to church, and if you're listening to the word, then you should be wanting to grow in God. Okay? There are Christians many times that feel, and I pray this is no one here or anyone that's listening to this, but you, 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 you don't want to be in church constantly thinking, okay, this is great, this is fine. I can go, I can hear the message for two hours, I can get by with that, I can, I can do that, I can do that, and then go home and spend the rest of the Sunday doing whatever it is that you do. Amen? You should be going to church because you want to grow in the Lord. Now, you'd be surprised how many Christians are actually afraid of growing in the Lord because they feel that growing as a Christian is going to mean more responsibility. Amen? It means more responsibility. It means that I've got to do something else. It means that, 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 that God is going to hold me responsible now or accountable for something that I know I should be doing but that I'm not doing, okay? So therefore, many times Christians are comfortable to just be complacent, come to church, listen to the message and go home and do, do whatever it is that they want to do. Amen? When we had finally got planted in the ministry where God wanted us to be after being in several, several churches and things like that and being where God wanted us and that's a, that's a whole sermon in itself how that happened. But uh, I remember after a time and we were going there and, and you know, for weeks or months or whatever it was, had been probably months, and uh, beginning to know the people and some of the elders and so forth like that, and, and we had the kids every Sunday coming faithfully, and then one Sunday one of the elders there just, just came up and told one of the other ushers, 
give this brother, give this brother here some, some brochures, some handouts. He's been coming here long enough. Let him get up and stand back by the door. Let him hand out some brochures. Get involved, brother. Get involved, brother. Uh, um, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. I kind of went along begrudgingly, you know, been on begrudgingly. But what he was saying was that it's time for you to get involved, okay? It's time for you to, to grow in the Lord. Amen? And so I grabbed the brochures and I stood back there faithfully and handed them out. And one thing led to the, to the other. Next thing you know, I became an usher. And, and then from an usher to an elder. And then wind up becoming ordained as a minister and everything. But that, it had to start someplace. So what I'm saying, if I had been afraid to grow in the Lord, I would have fought that tooth and nail. I might even have stopped coming to church because I know now that brother's going to call on me to hand out brochures. Amen? So sometimes, Sometimes we as Christians can even be afraid to get out of a holding pattern, all right? And as a Christian, it is so important for you to want to expand spiritually, you know? Speaking to someone about, about the, you know, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit. And the person even started looking at me like I was talking about Twilight Zone. Like this was too kind of spooky to them, you know. It kind of, it kind of frightened them to think that God may want to give them gifts of the Spirit, you know, you know. When I mentioned the blood of Christ, I remember some years ago in speaking to someone, they said, oh, the blood of Christ, oh, that sounds so gory. That's, you know, not even understanding what the blood of Christ is referring to. So many times, I don't want to digress too much from this, but from the point, but the many times, if, if we're... We are not going to church wanting to grow in God. Every time we come to church, you, while we're singing the praise and worship songs and whatnot, if you read some of the lyrics that are in those songs, it's talking about you growing in the Lord. It's talking about you praising God. So you've got to get to the point that you want to grow spiritually in God, that you don't want to be at a holding pattern. All right? You don't want to be a... a uh, uh, we, we are all babes in Christ when you're first born again. You've probably heard the expression, you're a babe in Christ. You want to grow. When, you're first, when you first become born again, you accepted Jesus Christ and you're feeding on milk so to speak, the milk of the word but then as time progresses you should be getting meatier stuff, you should be getting the word and deep spiritual concepts that are more meaty for you to be growing, you don't want to stay a spiritual babe, amen, you want to grow, so when we're here in church and if you're at a, in a holding pattern that's one of the things you can ask yourself Lord, am I missing something, you know is there something that I should be doing to grow in you, so I can really understand the deeper things of you. Amen? The things that you see happening here, the prayers, the, the laying on of hands, the healings and things like that, 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 that goes on. Um, this, I, I am no different than any one of you. I've been given the same, the same um, measure of faith as you all. Okay, all right? The difference may be is that I believe literally everything that the Word of God says. And that what God says I can do, I believe that I can do it. Amen? So one of the things that we should be praying in Christ, as Christians is, Lord, how do I grow spiritually? Lord, I want to know the deeper things of you. I want to know the quote-unquote the supernatural things that we talked about last week. Amen? Amen? You really want, you don't want to stay in a holding pattern. To be in a holding pattern spiritually means, um, um, to me, it's, it's like, like spirit, spiritual uh, um, almost decay or something you know where you just you just kind of just staying there you should be wanting to grow in the Lord okay so if you're in a holding pattern that's some of the things that you need to ask yourself you know am I willing to give up the comfort zone that I'm in you know am I content to just come to church every day never to hand out the brochures as an usher or do I just want to continue doing the same thing these comfort zones can be old and familiar places sometimes too 
too. Comfort zones not only exist in the church, but comfort zones exist in, in, your, in your life, period. It could be relationships with people. It could be relationships with family members or friends. It could be a comfort zone of just being in the same environment. A comfort zone can be just being in the same old house, you know, or being in the same old car. You know, think, oh, gee, I could never get a new car because it would take so much and you put up all of these um, Goliath giant problems in front of yourself. I could never get a new house because you have all these giant problems. But many times the comfort zones can be because of people, things, circumstances. Amen? Amen? Not growing spiritually can be you afraid to speak to a loved one. To tell a loved one the truth that they need to hear. It is certainly more comfortable and easier for you not to say anything. But that can lead, the word I was looking for before is stagnation. That can lead to spiritual stagnation for you. Amen. Because you're in a comfort zone. Even though you may be worrying about that person, you'll never say anything because it's too uncomfortable. It's too uncomfortable for you to say anything to the person. Amen. So you wind up being stuck in 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 a holding pattern because you're not moving forward in where you should be going. Okay. And God sees that, God sees that hesitance where you're not doing something or saying something you should be saying Okay, in, in, in that God sees it as that he or she does not have enough faith in me to, to, to step out, to move forward, to get out of that holding pattern. God does not have enough, she doesn't have enough faith in me to give, to give him or her the words to say or the actions to take. Amen? Amen? So there's so many things that can get us stuck in these, in these holding patterns. Alright? Um, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, I've known Christians that stay under a particular ministry even, and they're not growing or moving forward. If you're in a ministry and you're not growing, you're not learning anything, and you're not moving forward spiritually, then you need to ask yourself, is this where I should be? Is this where I need to be? But many times we will stay in a ministry and not move on because, you know, some descendant or some grandmother or great-grandmother went to that church, and that's where they went for 50 years, so therefore I'm stuck to be in that church for 50 years also. You know, if you feel that the Holy Spirit is moving you towards um, uh, greater things spiritually, then you need to consider getting out of that holding pattern. Sometimes Christians don't ask the Lord if, if that's where they want, uh, the, uh, he wants them to fellowship. You know, we were in a ministry where things started going in a particular direction and we certainly prayed about it because we started feeling this pulling in our spirits that it was time to move on. We started praying. You know, we said, Lord, if you do, if you do want us to leave and to go on to another ministry, then lead the way. Lead the way. Show us the how. You, you, you know, give me something more positive to work on besides just the feeling. And the Lord opened the door and led us. But you've got to want to move forward. Okay, okay, it is not good enough for you as a child of God to just simply be comfortable where you are because you'll stagnate. You need to get out of, out of those holding patterns that you many times feel like you're in. Sometimes we are afraid of following what we know God is telling us to do because we don't want to give up the comfortable and the familiar things that are in our lives. Amen? So what? We left the ministry. There were many great people there that we loved. God was telling us to move on. We had to leave. We had to leave. He said, okay, you can't stay in a ministry or you can't stay any place simply because of other people, simply because of the fact that you feel like you don't want to change. That puts you in a holding pattern that, that could be detrimental to your spiritual growth. Amen? Amen? So, so getting out of that again, going back to the plane analogy, here, here I am just circling the airport here, not going any place already, and what's the reasons why? What are the reasons why? Amen? Amen? 
We must make up our minds to follow God at all costs. Alright? You gotta make up your mind to follow God, God at all costs. Alright? And that means I don't care what someone says to you. I don't care how a family member feels. I don't care how a friend feels. I don't care what the weather looks like. You've got to say to yourself that I'm going to follow God if you want to get out of any holding patterns if you're stuck. Amen. You can't be afraid of people. You can't be afraid of circumstances. Amen. 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 You, 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 you have to not, be, not think about things the way the world thinks about things or by the world's standards. Let's go to Romans 8. Can't go by, you can't go by the world standard. And you've heard me say before that we are citizens, so to speak, of two worlds. We're a citizen of the physical world and we're also a citizen of the spiritual realm. Alrighty, we are, are, are children of the Lord. We're God's kids. So therefore we are to be driven by God's ways and not by, by man's ways, you know. You can't be influenced by the world standard. Because all that does is develop problems for us. Okay, can't be driven by the world standards. Uh, Romans 8, uh, verse number 5. Romans 8, verse number 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind or care for, do mind or care for the things of the flesh. For they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. Okay? So, so if you're, if for they that are after the flesh, you think about the things of the flesh or worldly things, but they that are after the spirit, capital S meaning Holy Spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. Carnally means fleshly. Thinking about the things of the world. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Please underline, carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Please underline that too. Okay? And that death in the, the uh, first part of verse number six there is talking about spiritual death. We know that spiritual death is separation from God. Okay, which means that you, 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 you can't, you know, you, 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 can't, you can't fellowship with God. You're not doing what God wants you to do. It's a separation. Amen? Amen? Uh, so the spiritually mind is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Okay? Or the fleshly mind, the worldly mind, is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. Neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Alright? So you see, so if you're worldly minded, and if you're, you're, you're carnally minded, and all that's important to you are the things of the world, if you know someone like that, and you're trying to explain to them the spiritual aspects of the Bible or the spiritual things of God, they look at you like you're nuts. They look at you like you're like you got pain on your face or something because they literally can't understand what you're saying. Amen. The way of the world is against God. You know, we can try and tell some people all that we know about the Lord and quote the Bible to them, and they simply do not get it because it's a different spirit. Amen. It's not the spirit of the Lord. Okay. Verse number seven again, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are, are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Please no line. So be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. 
Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Okay? Alright? So, so we cannot be worldly. So if God has us in a holding pattern, it could be because um, he wants to prepare you for the journey ahead. He will not let you move forward until he knows that you are mature enough to venture forth. Alright? So that means that, that, that God may have you in a holding pattern because he wants to move you to a different place. There's something else he wants you to do, but you're not spiritually prepared to do it. Amen? Amen? So almost again, back to the airplane circling, you know, almost like saying, you know, here I am in this airplane and I'm trying to get down on the ground but, the, but, but uh, what's his name? Traffic control won't let me come back down because maybe there's something else that needs to be done. You know, down on the ground there's a, a fire going on or something like that. There's something that is preventing that, preventing that aircraft from landing, from moving forward. So in your life, in moving forward, if God has you in a holding pattern, it could be because you're not quite ready yet to go where God wants you to go. Amen? But again, going back to what I said earlier though, you, know, you have to be willing and want to move forward. You've got to desire to get out of the holding pattern. And then if God is holding you in that pattern, maybe there's something else for you to do. So, it needs to be done. So, what does that mean? All of us have some things going on in our lives that can be frustrating to us at one time or another. Amen? There's something that you're hoping for, something that you want to accomplish, but you're not able to accomplish it. No matter what it is that you try to do, it just does not seem to be happening. Amen? And if you've done everything else in line with the Word of God, Okay, you're trying your best to do what's in the Word, with what the Word of God tells you to do, and what Holy Spirit is telling you to do, and it's still not happening. Then you need to start saying to yourself, well, maybe God has me in this holding pattern for a reason. Maybe I'm not moving forward yet because I'm not quite ready. Then you need to start asking yourself then, okay, Lord, then if I'm in this holding pattern because I'm not yet ready, what is it that I need to do to become ready? Okay? But this is where, though, going back to as I was saying before, you've got to really, 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 really want to move forward in God and not to be afraid, which I've heard people say, as I also said before, afraid of moving forward in God. Okay? Which means getting out of your comfort zone. Okay? Which means that I really maybe need to get deeper and get more spiritually related to God. Besides just playing, playing church and playing with God on the, uh, on, the, uh, on the surface. Okay? If God has you in this holding pattern, it could be because he wants to prepare you till you're mature enough. After you've made up your mind to truly follow God, okay, here you are in this holding pattern, and God has shown you that you're here because, you know, you're not quite ready. But after you've made up your mind to truly follow God, now God can start working in your life. All right? If you finally come to the point, okay, I realize that, I, I, I've got to move from this, okay? Okay, I no longer, just to kind of use, use the church analogy and, the, uh, and, 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 and giving out brochures at the back of the door there, at the back of the room, the sanctuary, once you finally decide that at some point I made a decision, well, gee whiz, I'm here to serve the Lord. And yes, if it starts with me handing out brochures as a junior usher, so to speak, then yes, that's what I want to do. And I'm going to be good at doing it, okay? So I no longer stood back there and simply, you know, you know, thrusted a brochure in a person's face when they came in the door. But I got to the point of saying when they came in with a smile, praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Welcome. Praise the Lord. Come in. Good morning. Praise God. And it became a joy. It became a joy in doing that. Amen. I made up my mind that if I'm going to hand out brochures at the back of the sanctuary as they come in, then I'm going to do it well. I'm going to do it well. Yes, because I want to serve God. So you get to that point if you're in this holding pattern and you're finally saying, okay, Lord, things are not happening here. And if you have me here, Lord, I will do whatever it is that you want to do and I will serve you with joy. I will do what you're calling to me with joy in my life, okay? And I'm ready to move on to do whatever it is that you're calling me to do. And you won't be worrying about what it is he may call you to do, okay? God will never call you to do something beyond that which you can do. He's never going to give you a task in life and then not equip you for doing that task. He's not going to tell you to go and speak to someone that needs to be spoken to and not giving you the words. Okay? And I don't care how many butterflies in your stomach. I mean, I've been speaking and whatnot for God for decades. You know, public speaking and things like that, even besides ministry. And every time, like clockwork, you know, the ten minutes or so before I go to speak, I still get the butterflies in the stomach. I still get the butterflies, but I say, okay, Lord, me you Lord let's go let's go okay and then when the first word comes out and then it flows amen amen so the same thing is with things in your life if there's a mission that God wants to send you on and you're hesitant about doing whatever it is that God wants to have you to do amen if you're nervous about it God will never have you to do something that and then he'll equip you to do it okay if it's a matter of saying something with your mouth God will give you the words to say God will make that well, well how am I going to get in touch with that person to say these things God will get you together, okay? God will get you together in the most darkness where you'll be in Walmart someplace and you run into the person. Amen. Then you see, oh, oh Lord, okay, Lord, Lord, there they are. There. Then the butterflies will start, okay? All right, but the Lord will give you the words to say. But you've got to come to the conclusion, that to the place that, Lord, I've been circling in this airplane now for long enough. I've been in this holding pattern. Yes, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever it is that you want me to do to get me out of this holding pattern, okay? Then he can start working for you. He can start working with you. After you've made up your mind to truly follow God and he's ready to start working, now he can start removing the impurities from you as a vessel of clay. There are many scriptures in the Bible that talk about us being vessels and so forth, all right? Now, if any of you did pottery when you were in, you know, elementary school or high school or whatever, and you've got that clay, you know, you, you sit there and you, you pound it and you mold it and you say, maybe little pieces of rock and then you pull out those pieces of rock and you beat it and beat it and you mold it and shape it until you're getting all of those impurities out. Well, guess what? God is doing the same with us, you know? Sometime if it's, you're in this holding pattern, God may be working you and shaping you until you can become a vessel of honor so that he can get the impurities out of you. You know that when that, that clay pottery thing, that vase that you've made, then you just don't put it out on your shelf because it'll do what? Over time it'll dry out, it'll start to sag and so on like that. It'll start to just kind of cave in. You've got to put it in a kiln. You've got to bake it. It's got to be put through the fire. Same thing with steel. Amen. It's got to be put through the fire. Many times God in getting the impurities out of our lives will put us through the fire. Okay, but he again, he'll never put you through something beyond what you can stand. All right, but he's preparing, he's preparing you. So he wants to get you out of this holding pattern, but before he tells you to come into a landing, well, guess what? You've got to have enough sense to put your landing gear down. Amen, amen. You've got to be able to bring this big airplane down onto the land, into the uh, runway. You've got to know how to do that. So God may have you in a holding pattern because he's preparing you to, for what you need to do so that when you're ready to launch, when you're ready to come in for that land and you'll know how to do it, that you'll be well equipped to do it. Now he can start molding and shaping you to his will. 
Amen. After all this fire, as I said, that strengthens things, okay? But he cannot start the process until you've decided by an act of your will to really start to move you out of your holding pattern, all right? God will not violate your will. He will not. Simple as that. That's the way he is, and therefore he will not violate his word by violating your will. Amen? So God will sit in and wait, you know? And I've known people to remain in a holding pattern for years, for years, you know, where they could have moved on. They could have moved on to other things, to greater things. But because they did not desire to get out of that holding pattern to move forward, they wound up just staying there. Amen? Once you will to move on, as I said before, then God can start in your life, and he will not violate your will. Okay? Your will could be hindering God from taking you out of any holding pattern that you might be in. You know? How many realize that even though God is sovereign, okay, and he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, all right, that we as human beings have the ability to tie God's hands, all right? You have the ability to just as surely as if you had a pair of super handcuffs to slap him on God and, and just lock him up from acting in your life. Simply because you are choosing not to, uh, not to let him have his way in your life. Amen? Amen? That you're not having enough faith in him to say, Lord, whatever it is that you want me to do, to say, to act, or, or take a step in moving forward, yes, Lord, I'm willing to do that. You can tie his hands. Because he's not going to violate your will. Okay? All right? Same thing, same thing with, with, with gifts of the Spirit. Amen? Amen? Speaking to someone about the word of knowledge. Okay? And gifts like that. Oh, gee, I'm not sure if I want that gift. Gift of tongues, prophecy. Oh, I'm not sure if I want. Oh, boy, you mean God's just going to take me over and just have me saying things? No, God's not going to take you over. Amen? Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not going to mesmerize you and have you just blah, blah, walking around, blah, 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 just babbling off stuff. Not at all. Okay? Even in, even in, in gift of word, word of knowledge. Okay? In, in, in the word. And, and so forth. You have to be willing as a person to use that gift. Okay? You have to be willing. Same thing with prophecy. You have to be willing to do that, giving yourself to Holy Spirit. He's not going to force you to do that. Amen? But I've seen Christians that will run from that. They don't want to move on to the next step in life because they fear being intimately, intimately close uh, with Holy Spirit. You know, they think it's some twilight zone thing or something like that. They think they're going to be possessed or whatever. Amen? And because of that, they miss out on so many blessings of God. And they wind, they wind up staying in a holding pattern. God will not and cannot violate your will. And your will could be hindering you from taking you out of that holding pattern. Let's just go to Luke, uh, Luke 12. A few more verses here in, in closing. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. And let me see. We'll start. Okay. While you're you're getting there, you know. In, in, In the meantime, if you're in a holding pattern and you're waiting... What you need to do is to, is to claim the prophecy, the, the, the promises of God. Um, while we're standing here today right now speaking about holding patterns, and many of us may have holding patterns in various parts of our lives, and maybe as a result of this message today you're sitting there thinking about how I'm going to go and talk to the Lord about these holding patterns because there's something in my life I need to do. Amen. 
So while you're waiting to get out of this holding pattern, or kind of like, again, back to my analogy of the metaphor of my being on the airplane, while this airplane is circling, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Amen. Well, one of the things I did know for sure, even though while I was sitting up on that plane and was grumbling and getting tired and wanted to get down, I knew that God would bring me down. I knew that I'd see my family again. I wasn't worried about crashing. That's the interesting thing. I wasn't worried about crashing. I didn't have any fear or anything. I was just getting impatient. I was tired of traveling. I wanted to go home and see my family. Simple as that. Okay. But while I was up there waiting for that time, I held on to the promises of God. Amen. So what do we see here in Luke 12, starting with verse number 16? Okay. And he spoke a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he uh, thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? Where can I put all this stuff? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater and there will I bestow, bestow all my fruits and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast made much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. All right? So what he was saying there, he's saying that I'm going to have all of these plentiful things in modern day times. I'm going to build up this bank account. And I'm going to hoard all my money. You know, I'm going to stop giving to the church, stop giving to God. I'm just going to put my money in the bank and build up this huge bank account. And then I'll just sit back and live off the fat of the land. Sit back and let my investments pour in and so forth and just rub my tummy and burp and just enjoy life. Okay? And just do, just do nothing. Okay? And I don't have anything else to worry about. I got this fat bank account. I got it made. Okay? Verse number 20 says, uh, verse number 19 again, And I will say to my soul, Soul, Thou hast much goods laid up for, for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 20. But God said to him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. When, then, whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Alright? Okay? So he that it, he, so is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. Alright? So one of the things you start thinking about there is where are you really putting your treasures? The important things in life. Okay? Are you doing all of this planning for the future? And you're comfortable with either a big bank account or whatever it is that you're holding to be very, very important. And what God is saying there, you fool, you silly person. You're doing all this planning for earthly things. Your soul may be required of you this very night. In other words, you're doing all this planning, but guarantee you that you're going to wake up tomorrow to enjoy all that stuff that you're worrying about, okay? So it's a matter of priorities, okay? You're in a holding pattern, one thing you ask yourself is where are your priorities in life? Do you think that building up all of these worldly, earthly, carnal things are the things that are of the utmost importance to you? Oh fool, this night your very soul may be required of you, okay? Any day you could go home, you could go home and call to the Lord. All those finances that you've built up, all of those material things that you've worried so much about. I've, I've done many home goings, funerals over the years, and I've never seen anyone taking their bank books with them or having gold in the, in the casket or anything else like that. You just simply don't take it with you. Simple as that. You came into the world with nothing, you go out with nothing. Amen? Amen? So where, where are your priorities? And thinking about holding patterns, okay? Right. When I was up there in that airplane wanting to get home, I was not thinking about, let me get home because i got to rush to get to the bank before it closes. <laughs> okay, I certainly was not thinking about that. Lord, lay me down. I got to go count my money. 
Okay, all right, I got to count my money. Didn't have the internet, didn't have uh, internet banking back then, so I certainly couldn't go log on. Amen. Didn't have my iPhone up in the plane with me to check it. Amen. So that was not what I was thinking about. I want to go and see my family. I want to be with my family. Simple as that. Amen? Amen? Okay? So the holding patterns, if you're in a holding pattern, again, what is important to you? And while you're waiting to get out of that holding pattern, if you're not moving forward, and if God is holding you because he wants you to grow, then maybe you need to start thinking about your priorities in life. What's important to you? You know? Continues here in verse 22. And he said unto his disciples, now this is Jesus speaking because it's in red letters, if you have a red letter Bible. And he said unto his disciples, therefore I say unto you, um, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for the body what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment or clothing. Consider the ravens, for they, uh, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have uh, storehouses nor barns, and God feeds them. How much more are you better, th- better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature uh, one cubit? And if you then be not able to do that thing, which is least, why take you thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed or dressed like one of them or looked as pretty as one of them. If, if then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? You see? So where's your priorities? Okay? You're stuck in this, in this holding pattern. You're not moving forward in life. Things don't seem to be getting better for you. You know, where's your priorities? What's really, really important to you? You know, you know, you can't be worried about money or clothing. Like you're saying here, you know, the, the, the lilies of the field and the grass and the birds and things, God takes care of them. They don't have to do any work or any of that kind of thing. They're not, you know, the, the birds don't, don't focus on holy, you know, just let me, you know, build a nest, let me this, let me that. God provides for them, you know. Uh, the flowers just seem to grow. I don't know if any of you heard flowers planning to grow. If you did, I'd go check in someplace real quick. If you're hearing flowers, talk to, talk to each other. Amen. God just cares for them. Amen. So why do we worry about that? Why is that the main thing that's important to you? If you're in a holding pattern, that might be something that's holding back, holding you back. You're so worried about building your bank account. Amen. And seek, verse 29, and seek not ye uh, what you shall eat. Don't worry about what you shall eat or what you shall drink. Neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows that you have need of these things. Amen? Amen? I firmly believe, I mean, that is not to say that we don't use some wisdom, you know. But if we had some sort of a, 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 a uh, terrible thing here in the land, or in Salem for that matter, or whatever, and um, food and water and things like that became of a, of a of very importance, you know. That is not to say that we wouldn't use some wisdom and make preparations. But I firmly believe with every fiber of my being that God would take care of us. God will take care of us, you know. As God has taken care of us all of these years, me and my family, 
mean, we never had to go through a drought or anything, but I'm saying, but we've certainly have had our share of ups and downs like everyone else in life has, and God has always cared for us, you know, and I believe the same thing in moving forward. Wherever this country lands, wherever this country goes, after the elections and so on down the line, and wherever this country goes, I firmly, that's why my prayer, during that little 60-minute with God, 60-second, um, one-minute prayer that we've been doing, part of that prayer is, is that wherever this country goes, Lord, that you'll take care of your children. Okay, I firmly believe that. So I'm not going to be worrying about that. Because then that stops me. If I'm solely focused on that, just making preparations, you know, and, you know I'm not buying a house so I can build a bomb shelter in the backyard, you know, two miles underground and all that sort of thing. You know, I believe that God will take care of us. Simple as that. It doesn't say that when we know there's a storm, storm coming up and lights start flickering, I don't run down to Walmart and buy batteries and flashlights like anybody else. But that's, I'm not going to get stressed out over it because I believe that God will take care of us. You know, so this is what this is all about. Where are your priorities? If you're stuck in a holding pattern, ask yourself, where are or what are my priorities? And Amen. Verse number 29 again. And seek not what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be you of a doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you have need of these things. Even God knows what you have need of. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Okay? So again, if you're in in that holding pattern, are you really seeking the kingdom of God? Amen? You know, if you're not moving forward, is there something that you're missing? You know, are you putting more importance on other things in life, more material things in life? Or are you putting people in front, in front of you walking with God? Amen? 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 I've known some folks who, who do not want to move forward in God because they feel that it's going to alienate them from someone. Amen? If I really, really get committed with God and really tell them who I am in the Lord, they're going to stop talking to me. They're going to stop being my boyfriend. They'll stop being my, my girlfriend. You know, you know, they'll stop being my dad. They'll stop being my mom or whatever the case might be. If you really let them know that I am seriously committed, with, committed to God, that they're going to look at me differently. That can keep you in a holding pattern. It really can. It'll, keep, it'll stop you from moving forward in God because you're putting something else before him. He's not going to force you to do that. Same thing without children and other loved ones. You know, you know, if you're too afraid to say something, if you're hesitating, you know, then this may be hold, this could be holding you, especially if you know Holy Spirit is telling you to take an action. It goes with your job, school, anything else in life. Especially if you know Holy Spirit is giving you direct instructions to do something and you're not doing it. It can put you in a holding pattern. Okay, because it's demonstrating to God a couple of things that you're not willing to obey Him and that you're not trusting Him enough to take you through and to deliver you through that action that he's wants you to do. So to keep your holding pattern. Verse 32, and, and in closing here, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, which do not grow old. A treasure in the heavens that fails not, underline please. A treasure in the heaven that fails not, where no thief can approach, neither moth corrupt. Okay, so when you're storing up these earthly treasures, no one can break in there and steal them. They don't, they don't decay because of moths and things like that, you know. And, and I have, thank God I haven't seen one in years since, since I was a, a child, actually. And maybe it's because they don't make things out of wool anymore. <laughs> maybe that's the reason. But I remember seeing moths in the closet. My mom would put these cedar 
see their things in the closet and moth balls, you know, which was strong as heck, they stunk. But um, I've seen moths eating at clothing, and the holes just kind of grow and grow and grow, just disappear. This is what this is talking about. It's talking about the same way a moth can get into your clothing closet and just put holes in it, to the fact where these things, if go long enough, they fall off the hangers. Mm-hmm. This is what this is talking about. So can you imagine the things of this world, your bank account, the things that you're holding so important that you're storing up? Imagine moths just eating it away, you know, or it decaying. Okay, because that's what this is saying, you know, you, know, you know. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which do not grow old. A treasure in the heavens that doesn't fail. Where no thief can steal or approach, nor moth corrupt or eat away at. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Can't say it any better. Underline that, please. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. In other words, that's what's important to you. Okay? All right? But in that holding pattern... Well, if things are not moving forward, putting like that, put it like that, you might be in a holding pan. It could be because maybe the things that you're holding important to you are not the things that you should be holding important to you. Amen? Amen? For wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. All right? So if your treasure is in your bank account, if your treasure is keeping um, someone from not being angry with you, if your treasure or your priority is or, um, not getting people upset, if your treasure or priority is staying where you are, Content to live where you are, content to drive the car that you're driving, or anything else in your, in your life that you may want to move forward in, if you're stuck there, okay, then stop and ask yourself, is this where my treasure is? Is this where I'm really basing my, this is my base of operations. This is what is so important to me that I don't want to change it, okay? God can have an awesome ride before you. I mean, your life can just be awesome. I mean, just so amazing with little things that just happen, you know. I mean, I, I still just kind of marvel at the fact, and you've heard me say this before and I say it again, but I, I tell people this and, and they themselves, I think sometimes, just don't believe it and don't do it, you know. But something I was looking for again the other day, you know, it was an adapter, something as silly as an adapter plug. I was looking for this thing all over the house and could not find it. So as usual, I said, okay, Lord, where is it? Where is it? And I stopped looking for it. And, and I, I don't even know. I didn't hear a booming voice. Go look under so-and-so and so-and-so. My eyes just kind of looked over at a pile of papers that were, were sitting over there. And I just walked over to that pile of papers and picked it up and boom, and there it was. Okay? And I've done this countless times, you know. Why? Because I trust God and I know that God will do it. I know that. I know that. I know that. As sure as I know that if I get in my car, put the key in... All things being equal, I have gas and my battery works. The car will start up and I'll get home. Amen. I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. So it's just little things like that in trusting God. Where is your heart? Okay. Do you trust God for every little thing in life, no matter how silly it is? Do you believe that God can move you forward? And I'm just saying that's one little aspect of my life where I don't worry about losing things because I know that I know that I know that God will find it. If he wants me to have it. Okay, amen? So little things like that. God can take your life on such a ride that it will just it'll amaze you, the things that he'll do in your life. Little simple things, bigger things, you know, will guide you to one place. A matter of 
of, of contractors, finding the right kind of contractor. I mean every single little thing. And God will show and reveal things to you why it's a good thing you didn't go where you were, might have gone. Amen. So God is good. God is good all the time. All the time God is good. If you're in a holding pattern, evaluate. Pray to the Lord. Ask Him why. If there's something that God wants you to do, don't be afraid to do it. Just, just uh, stand out in faith that God will get you through it. And that, and, and uh and you, you'll be okay. God, God will guide you through. Praise God. I pray this message has been a blessing to you. Now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.